following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What's up, Michigan? It is a Wednesday edition of the only show willing to tell it like it is. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as we're originating from the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. It is day three of our Tullymore Golf Football Summit where we look inside Michigan football with the team from the Wolverine.com, and we'll hear from Chris Ballas, John Borton, the senior columnist. He's like the Newt Rockney of Michigan. And Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, has vowed to wear all five championship rings during this final broadcast from the beautiful Tullymore Golf Resort. We'll break down the Wolverines. I've already stated on air on my social networks, 15 and 0 national champions, Palaskeen, Johnny Borton coming up. If you have a Michigan football question, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 HUGE. Add the HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. And Chris, we were here last spring uh, after spring football uh, with Harbaugh. Uh, We'll get to where they're at right now with fall camp. Looking ahead to that opener against East Carolina. Uh, But we're back at Tullymore. I know we've been here two days. This is day three. Uh, What a place, right? I love this place, and I can't thank them enough, the Minestrellis and everybody else here who, you know, it was three or four years we were talking about this when we first got here, and every time I come here, you know, you just get excited, and and just to be back with your buds and golfing and doing the show, man, it means football's here too, which is exciting, but we do prefer to compare John Borton to the Fielding Yosts and the Fritz Chryslers, not the Newt Rockneys here. This is not Notre Dame, my friend. I'll say the Vince Lombardi of University of Michigan uh, columnist Johnny B. We'll hear from him later in the show along uh, with Skeen. From where we were uh, sitting here in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, last May, looking back at spring ball, to where we are now uh, with the opener uh, coming up a week from Saturday, your thoughts on where Michigan has improved internally players you've seen step up or heard about with your intel where's michigan's depth at right now yeah the depth is crazy and it's funny listening to the big 10 roadshow guys rick pizza was on with i think chris childers and rick newheisel and he said 
of all the years that he's been doing this and doing the road show, he said this is by far the best team that he's seen. That includes some championship teams for Ohio State. That includes Michigan's back-to-back Big Ten champions of the last two years. So if you look at it, and we said this last year, we were talking to people close to the program, and they said it's reminiscent of the 90s when there was depth at every position. We'll go back to Doug Skeen's teams of the early 90s who had NFL lines, and they were too deep at every position. These guys are three deep at some positions, and I dare say that the second team of both offense and defense for Michigan could probably beat a lot of Big Ten teams right now. That's how loaded they are, and that's why some of these position battles are going into the season. It's not just the fall. They've got four edges. They, they can only start two. Who are they going to be? Josiah Stewart is a kid who can get to the passer. He's been unbelievable. Derek Moore is a kid who's lost 20 pounds, who I think is going to be a beast. I do think he'll be the best pass rusher of the four, although everybody keeps Keeps telling me Josiah Stewart, even though he's small, he's always in the backfield. Then you got Braden McGregor, who came on last year. You saw what he did against Ohio State. And then Jalen Harrell, who is probably the most underrated kid on this team in terms of what he brings. So then you look at the offensive tackles, and you've got two guys that came in from Arizona State and Ladarius Henderson and Miles Hinton from Stanford, who would be starting just about anywhere else. But Carson Barnhart and Trente Jones are playing great football, too. And they want them, they want the job as well, just as much as these guys. So and then it's the other corners, the one that we're watching, and Josh Wallace, who they got from UMass kind of late, and everybody's thought, well, he's just filling a roster spot. Not the case. This kid's been fantastic. Hanging out with Mikey Sainristel. I think you're going to see him start, but that one's wide open, too, and you got a couple freshmen we'll talk about in a few minutes, too, that are really coming on. Chris Bells from the Wolverine.com is joining us here on the huge show across Michigan, our annual Tullymore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit. Less than an hour north of GR. Book your stay at TellingMoreGolf.com. You can still get a fall stay and play package. Uh, book a tee time or even look ahead to 2024 at TellingMoreGolf.com. You're just going through the depth on defense. Yeah. Most of us look at this team and say, okay, best backfield, a duo in the country with Edwards and Corum, J.J. McCarthy, the top returning quarterback this side of Caleb Williams of USC, in college football for 2023. We'll get to the wide receiver depth and game breakers and game changers. But when I'm hearing so many good things about this Michigan defense, okay, and you're looking at this team possibly being the best hardball has had based on what they've done the last two years, that's scary to think what this team could do. It really is, and the defense has gotten the better of the offense in a couple of scrimmages. And you're talking about a couple of all Big Ten, potentially all-American offensive guards. Uh, Mason Graham is a kid at, de- at defensive tackle. We didn't even talk about the tackles. This is as deep as they've been at tackle since I've been covering this team. That goes back to 1997. You look at Mason Graham as a sophomore. They knew when he was here, when he first arrived, that he was special. But Chris Jenkins, everybody talks about the senior. They say he's a freak, and now he's got some pass rush moves. Some people are even comparing him to Maurice Hurst and what he's bringing from the interior pass rush. Now, if you can't, if you have to double teams a couple of those interior guys and those guys on the edges are able to let go, then you got something pretty special there. So, But you talk about the backfield and Blake Corum. Uh, in my opinion, and from what I've heard, Blake Corum is still the better running back of the two. We saw what Donovan Edwards did against Ohio State. We saw what he did against Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game. But I don't think there's any question, and Donovan Edwards would admit it too, when it comes to wiggle and it comes to overall pure running, that Blake Corm is a better back. So you're going to see Donovan Edwards out of the backfield a little bit more. 
We've been hearing about how they're using him with swing passes, maybe even in the slot, and they're going to be using those guys together because they want to get their best 11 players on the field, their best 11 athletes, and he's certainly one of those guys. And they have four games, we'll say at least three, before they get to Rutgers that almost can resemble preseason. I'm not taking wins for granted, but when you look at this Michigan team and you think about Bowling Green, UNLV, and East Carolina – to me, they're preseason games for Michigan football 2023. Yeah, 100%. And that's great because now that allows these position battles to play out like J.J. McCarthy in Hawaii last year. People can complain all they want to. Michigan's schedules non-conference have been the toughest in the country for so many years, and now everybody's squawking because they aren't playing the toughest schedule in the country. Boo-hoo. But last year, it afforded them the opportunity to see what J.J. McCarthy could do, and they could start one quarterback one game, they could start the other one the second game, and McCarthy wins the job, and it's the best thing that happens for Michigan football, right? So I think that's going to be to their benefit. You're going to see some of these position battles play out that way. When guys, it's going to be about how they do when the lights are on. And that's great. That means that nobody can take any time off. Nobody can relax. These guys understand that if they don't bring it, they're not going to play. So I actually like the schedule for that reason. And especially going forward with the Big Ten the way it is, you got Texas on the schedule next year. We've heard that they are going to stay on the schedule. Fox still wants it there. So think about the plethora of tough opponents they're going to have next year, Bill. It's going to be fantastic. We already had UCLA and USC and Texas for next year with the addition of Washington and Oregon. There's going to be a rework 2024-2025 schedule. We'll get to expansion uh, coming up later. And this is going to be a year for the Michigan fans, I think, to enjoy and savor it because running the table is going to be next to impossible moving forward. Ever. It's going to be tough this year. You know, you look at, there have been great loaded Michigan teams, and I'll go back to Doug Skeen's team in 1992, his senior year. They tied three games. Now, if they'd had overtime, maybe they win those three in their national championship contenders. But, you know, they played Illinois to a standstill, a tie. Last year, Illinois could have easily beaten Michigan. Uh, That should never be the case, but it's hard. It is hard. You look at Georgia. I think Kent State played them tough for three quarters of that game last year. Should have lost at Missouri. So there is nothing given when it comes to Big Ten slates. And especially if you look at teams like Maryland, before you play Ohio State on the road, that's a team that's given Ohio State fits a couple of times before they played Michigan. Uh, you look at Minnesota, you look at Nebraska, uh, who knows how those good those teams are going to be, and we won't know until we see them play a few times, but those are tough atmospheres at times. Nebraska, I told you, was the best night atmosphere I have ever encountered, and that includes Penn State's whiteouts. It was unbelievable, so they'll be jacked. You know what? And sometimes that's enough. You look at what... Iowa did to Ohio State. You look at what Purdue did to Ohio State one year. You know what? There are no givens. So, But there's no question that they are loaded enough this year to run the table, and I think they have the leadership that they're going to be focused to do it. Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com is joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan as our Wednesday road show is at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR, our annual Tullymore fall football Summit. We'll continue conversation with Michigan. We'll get to uh, the Lions, the rest of the Big Ten. So when we look at everything Michigan football right now, Chris, and our opening discussion here, are there weak spots? So if you're Ryan Day and you're looking at Michigan film, let's say after when we see new faces, new positions, guys who have uh, shed weight, who are quicker, 
So let's say after the second game, UNLV, you're looking at film. What do you think will be holes offensively, defensively, and special teams for Michigan? You know, I wouldn't say holes, but when you talk about potential weaknesses, I want to see how those offensive tackles pass block, number one, because there's a battle going on there. Carson Barnhart is one of the favorites at left tackle, and that's not his best position. I think right tackle or offensive guard, if he plays at the next level, he's going to be playing offensive guard. So it goes back to when John Runyon, who is now an offensive guard with the Green Bay Packers, was Michigan's left tackle because he was the best at it. And guess what? He was also an All-Big Ten player there, but... You still have that question mark. Are they going to be able to hold up against some of the best pass rushers in the Big Ten? So that's one of them. The other corner uh, that we talked about, everybody was talking about Amorian Walker moving over from wide receiver, the sophomore. He's been banged up in camp, so now it's Josh Wallace. Mike Sainer still can play there. He's a nickel. They can put him at corner if they have to. So that's not ideal because then you're moving somebody else to the nickel spot. And if it's Rod Moore who comes from safety, then you got to replace him. And he's elite back there at safety. So that's something else I would watch. And then um, really the kicker, you know, James Turner, how's he going to do? Two years ago at Louisville, Celine native, just outside of Ann Arbor, he was 14 out of 22 on field goals. Not great. Last year he was 20 out of 22, but he doesn't have the leg that Jake Moody did. He hasn't, I don't think he made a 50 yarder last year. They were all inside of 50. So this may be one of those years where you see Michigan get inside, you know, between the 30 and the 40 on fourth and four, they aren't kicking a field goal. Maybe they're going for it a little more often. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either. No, uh, when you have Edwards, when you have Corm, when you have McCarthy who can run, how many times in Moody's career at Michigan were people screaming, Harbaugh's kicking too many field goals? Right, last year against Illinois, and guess what? If they don't kick those field goals in the second half, they lose. And it was one of those games that you have to survive, and you're going to have some of those, right? But I think you are going to see a more explosive offense just because, for a couple reasons. Number one, no, they don't have the elite receiver. you got a Roman Wilson who I think – might have an opportunity to be that explosive guy. He's bigger, stronger. And from what we've heard in the scrimmages, for example, the first scrimmage, he had five catches. Cornelius Johnson, I think, was out. And I think he was out for this scrimmage last Saturday as well. But Roman Wilson is a guy who uh, a force to be reckoned with because he's got the speed. We've talked to Ohio State guys who were actually recruiting him and said, okay, he could have played here, receiver for us. So that tells you something with as loaded as they've been at wide receiver. So I like him there. Tyler Morris is a kid that had a knee injury. He was a true freshman last year who has really come on. So I think he can be a guy like that. They call him, they said he's like Ronnie Bell, but ahead of Ronnie Bell, Ron Bell, I mean, the receiver coach told me at this point in their careers he said there are times out there we see him making plays with the number eight he switched to number eight and he said man it looks like Ronnie Bell so they're gonna have some options but and again Donovan Edwards I think is gonna be having used heavily more heavily in the passing game as well so I think they will have options there game changers obviously Edwards and Coram can take it to the house uh, especially Edwards on the receiving end Coram two-yard line could make it 98-yard touchdown run who, who are the game changers at wide receiver in terms of McCarthy having targets where they're down six, it's late, clock is winding down, one throw, and they go to this guy? I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to the tight end, and I'm going to look at Colston Loveland, who they think is going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, and it's not just them saying it. If you talk to guys like Jake Butt, who was works now works for the Big Ten Network, played at Michigan. He said, you know, I was watching this kid and thinking, man, he is so far ahead of where I was as a sophomore. And Jake Butt was a fantastic 
tight end at Michigan, but he's a mismatch. He's a guy, and we saw it against Purdue, right? They, he had a, a, a pass that they threw up high, and, and he went up and got it. I think Colson Loveland can be a guy like that. Um, I don't think there's any question about it. So A.J. Barner is another one. They think he's right there next to him, the Indiana transfer. So the tight ends are going to factor heavily. But in terms of, you know what, the fade, they haven't had a guy like that in forever. I think Nico Collins, I don't think they took enough advantage of him when he was here three, four years ago. Um, So, uh, And that's just not something they do as much. But if you're talking about... Uh, guys who can make plays. You look at Cornelius Johnson, what he did against Ohio State, right? And people can say, well, he's just average or he's this or he's that. But when he they needed him, he came up on the biggest stage and made two of the biggest plays of the, of the season. So I think there are guys. I think it'll be by committee. I really believe, though, that Roman Wilson is one of those guys who, if I had to predict a breakout year for a wide receiver, it would be him. Lists of three fastest guys. I don't know if you've seen 40 times or anything on the Michigan offense. How would that be in order? One, two, and three fastest Michigan offensive players. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Iman Dennis Dennis is one of those guys, and he's not even going to play. So they were talking about him being maybe on special teams, but for whatever reason, he's a smaller guy, and it hasn't really clicked for him. Roman Wilson, I think, is number one. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, It's funny. I would have put Donovan Edwards number two, and we've seen his speed. And I was talking to Fred Jackson, who's now an analyst, former running backs coach, and he's told me that freshman Cole Cabana was faster than Donovan Edwards. And so I don't think he's going to have a role this year, but I think down the road, he's a guy that's going to be able to help them. So those are three guys. And then if I had to pick another one, man, uh, see, this is not probably not a a strength of the offense in terms of, of speed. You know, um, you got a fast quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. I don't think he's the third fastest guy, but I'd put Blake Corum up there. He's shown that he can be a breakaway threat. And um, so, you know what? You need that. You need that as a running back in, in that running back room. I think they got two of them. Is J.J. McCarthy going to run more this year? Not because he scrambles and turns a corner and gets 30 yards. By design, will Harbaugh and Moore run J.J. Moore? I think as necessary, right? You don't want to do it against ECU or Bowling Green and take a chance that he's going to get hurt. We were talking about this uh, on day one here, where if J.J. goes down, is Davis Warren, who's never played really played meaningful snaps, is he going to be a guy who can come in there and keep this thing from falling apart? Now, he's had a really good fall. However, he's not J.J. McCarthy. But in the scrimmage that we heard about over the weekend, we heard, yes, there were some design, more design plays for J.J. McCarthy. And he's bigger. He's stronger. You can see it. He looks like a different person, man. He, he got, you know, he, he went from little kid to man overnight. And Jim Harbaugh always talks about that. But he's gotten bigger, stronger. I think you are going to see more design, which we'd seen it in the first half of the TCU game. How many times have you and I talked about that? But in games where they need it, you know, say they say they're in a dogfight at Michigan State, for example, which always plays Michigan tough. Are they going to pull it out there and, and let J.J. run? Absolutely. Is it going to, you know, if they're at Minnesota, same thing, or at, at Nebraska, I think there's no question that, yes, he is going to be running the ball more, and he's going to be scrambling as well. He understands that his legs are a gift. He talks about that every time that we interview him and says, I understand what I need to do. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. It is our Tullymore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit with the team from the Wolverine.com. We'll have more with Chris coming up and we'll play uh, the schedule game uh, with all three guys at the summit with Chris, with Johnny Borden, the senior insider, and Doug Skeen will do the wins, losses, 
Michigan's regular season schedule, Big Ten Championship, and also into the college football playoff, and maybe even the national championship game. Now, you can drop your Michigan win total at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Also, opt in on that Huge text chain, text the word HUGE to 21000. Or you can let us know on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Our Budweiser Folds of Honor. Huge question of the day. How many wins for Michigan football this upcoming season? Like I said, join us on that Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. Special thanks to Matt Golden, the CEO and general manager here at the Tullymore Golf Resort. He wanted me to remind everybody you still can book a tee time or a fall stay and play package at TullymoreGolf.com. And they're even booking in the 2024. Or if you're looking for a wedding venue, a business meets golf and great food and beverages venue, go to TullymoreGolf.com for more info. That's TullymoreGolf.com. From Detroit to Petoskey. This show is huge. Friday, October 27th, TVs and Practical Jokers are up to their usual tricks. If you're not here, you are missing out. It's the Tenderloins at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Sal, James, and Brian for two shows and twice the laughs. 7 and 10 p.m. Tickets start at $59. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Don't miss the Drive, 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 Drive Tour with the Tenderloins, October 27th. Party hard, laugh louder. Details at SoaringEagleCasino.com. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Fuel up for less with M-Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M-Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express station. And keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M-Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. 
Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, we've all waited all offseason for this time to come. And this weekend, college football is back. And so are the traditions of tailgates and the great offers from the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just 5 dollars on any college football bet kick off the season with the DraftKings Sportsbook download the app now and use code huge when you sign up and like I said new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet that's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code huge if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as our road show continues from the Tullymore Golf Resort Football Summit in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us this hour. Senior columnist Johnny Borton uh, will check in and five-time Big Ten champion and co-host with Chris on the Michigan football podcast, Doug Skeen. He's just working out right now, lathering up, getting ready for what should be an undefeated Big Ten and National Championship season. Uh, So, Chris, I do want to get some of your feedback on the schedule game that we like to play with our esteemed guests, and this will be in regards to Michigan football. So anybody listening, you can – Play along and drop your win total for Harbaugh and the Wolverines at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE out of 21,000. So, Chris, you ready for the schedule game? Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, and before we get going on the schedule game, though, one thing we didn't touch on, a return game. I, I do uh, – I, special teams, I know we're, we're just going through the depth and we're talking about offense and defense with Michigan, but there hasn't been a lot of conversation. I know we talked about replacing Moody, and you, and you mentioned the Louisville uh, transfer, uh, but return specialists with losing uh, Henning. Uh, Rowan Wilson is a stud, but again, I – I keep hearing Roman Wilson, Roman Wilson, are you going to use the guy too much? Are there any game breakers waiting in the wings to return punts and kicks for touchdowns for Michigan? I think Roman Wilson could be the guy as a kick returner, 
at punt return. Is he working at the concession stand too? <laughs> He's not, but here's the thing. As, as little as they use their wide receivers, you want to get these guys as many touches as you can, so I think they'll be an option. But last week, Jim Harbaugh actually said Alex Orgy, backup quarterback, could be the best kick returner in the history of the game. Now, this is a little preseason hyperbole here, but this guy's 230 pounds. He said it's interesting, but he said it. I'm excited about it. The guys are excited about it when he gets back there because when he carries the ball, as you know, and everybody knows where he's going, he's tough to bring down and he's fast. He's a great athlete and he's one of those athletes that you would like to see get more touches. But what do you do with him? Can you use him at wide receiver? Maybe he's that guy that you throw a fade to. He's a big kid. If he's got some hands, there have been some things that they've been doing with him in practice without giving it away. Uh, Keep an eye on him. I think they're going to use him in different ways. But the punt returner, this was an interesting one. One of our spotters at camp uh, over the weekend who was at the scrimmage said Jake Thaw, a walk-on uh, out of Connecticut, was the guy back there fielding punts, and they like him because he doesn't drop the ball. Now, that reminds me of Caden Colesar a couple of years ago where you're thinking, okay, it's nice to have a guy back there that you know is going to catch it, but you need somebody back there in that position now when – Special teams is a third of the game that can do something with it, not just a guy that can catch the ball. And that's why A.J. Henning, who they lost to Northwestern, was, you know what, an upgrade there. So we'll see what happens. But those are some of the names. Mike Sainristel is working out at punt return. Donovan Edwards is working out at punt return. So first things first, though, these guys got to be able to catch the ball. And A.J. made a good call going to Northwestern. There's no drama right now with that football program. I did see that Pat Fitzgerald is actually a volunteer assistant. Landed on his feet. Uh, at Loyola of Chicago High School, his two kids, I actually think they're playing Grand Rapids Catholic Central on, is it uh, this weekend? or It's one of the first two, I think it's the first game. I think it's uh, coming up on Saturday. They're, you know, Pat Fitzgerald will be on the sidelines. My, uh, A.J. Henning, what a call there. I, at least I was reading that story. They, and the school said they vetted him. So he's not good enough to coach at Northwestern. And that's not over yet with lawyers and courts. But I think he went out there and said, look, I'm not this bad guy everybody's portraying me to be. I think a lot of people have said that about him. It's interesting. I talked to John Jansen, who knew him well. They played together. John Jansen, of course, being an All-American at Michigan when Pat Fitzgerald was a linebacker at Northwestern. And those players loved Pat Fitzgerald. And they said... He was railroaded, and I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say it, but you know what? I hope it plays out that uh, both sides get to. We get to hear both sides of the story here. It just to me, I always I had so much respect for the guy and his program and what he did there. I thought was almost miraculous. Some of the things that he was able to accomplish there, and you'd think I'd never heard a bad word about him. So it was a shock to me. I think it was a shock to a lot of people. Let's see what happens in the next couple of years here. I think the dude's going to try and clear his name, right. uh, getting this publicity that we're talking about him with high school kids. If he's this demon of a head coach that looked the other way on so much, he'll clear his name, could be back coaching by next season. I hope so, if, if that's the case, if he does clear his name. Now, if some of the allegations are true and it's proven that, hey, this was just an awful atmosphere of hazing and everything else, then you know what? He probably got what he deserved, but I'm not convinced of that yet. If you look at the movie Animal House, there was a lot going on. <laughs> That the school just looked the other way on, and nobody paid the price there. Uh, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com uh, joining us on our Tellermore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit. A lot of conversation 
about Michigan. We'll also get to the rest of the Big Ten, uh, expansion in the Big Ten. Uh, we've covered a lot the last two days. Thank you to everybody here at the Tullymore Golf Resort. Book your getaway today at TullymoreGolf.com. All right, Chris, time to play the win-loss game. Looking at Michigan's 2023 schedule. East Carolina, you know what we can do? East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, we both agree 4-0. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, I will say this. Rutgers has played Michigan as tough as just about anybody the last couple of years, right? And a couple of years ago, they were close to taking a lead in the fourth quarter of that game. So uh, I will give them credit for that. And then last year they let at halftime before the floodgates opened. So, uh, but I do expect in the big 10 opener that Michigan's going to win that one going away. And, and under Harbaugh, they've had their squirrely games, the Maryland's, the Rutgers, the Illinois. You, you do. I remember Bobby Bowden once told me down in Chicago when I was working on AM 1000, if you're a great team, you have three games during the season. You got to give by one uh, could be bad weather. One could be a bad break, a fumble, a punt return, you drop a pass. And then three uh, would be that you have a team that circles that game like it's the biggest game of the year for them. And they show up and play. Your guys are flat, and they they sneak a W out on you. And guess what? Michigan's got a schedule full of those, right? Illinois thinks Michigan's their biggest rival. You look at Michigan State, you think they aren't going to be ready for that game? They always are. I can't remember the last time Michigan blew them out there. I think it was 14 points a couple of years ago. You know, it just doesn't happen. So at the same time, um, you know what? I can look at Maryland. I can look at Minnesota for the Little Brown Jug. They should have beaten Michigan in 2015. Remember the Halloween game when they screwed up at the goal line when they they should have had two or three plays and were only able to run one So at Nebraska. So it's going to be tough. It's tough to get up for every game. It's tough to go undefeated. And that's why I was the only one on staff that predicted that Michigan Wood would lose one game this year. I did predict Michigan State and Mel Tucker 4-8 and eight because I think the deep water has become a waiting pool. Uh, let's move on. 4-0 after East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers at Nebraska. Uh, this is that game. You have Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State on your circle games, I think, through our conversation during the offseason. Matt Rule has taken over for Frost, who didn't work out for some reason. Uh, your thoughts on Michigan's first challenge of the 2023 season at Nebraska? Yeah, I think it'll be a great atmosphere. It does sound like it's going to be a big noon game instead of a night game, Bill, from what we've already heard. So I think that helps Michigan because that's what, 11 a.m., right, in, uh, in Lincoln. So uh, it'll be early there. Uh, at the same time, who knows what to expect from those guys, right? Matt Rule's teams in college historically have not been really good in his first year, but by year two or three, they've been much better. I think at Temple and then at Baylor as well. So uh, that one's going to be interesting to me. I think Michigan will win that game by a couple scores, but uh, I want to see what Nebraska does in their first few games to see what kind of team they have. So you go from at Nebraska to at Minnesota with Indiana at home with at Michigan State, three out of the four on the road. Big Ten is not a pushover uh, conference. It's not the same old Big Ten, literally. So when we look at that at Nebraska, which you said a W, I agree with you, at Minnesota, Indiana at home, at Michigan State, biggest chance of Michigan losing if it's not at Nebraska is it at Minnesota. And I don't think Michigan State has a prayer. I don't either. Um, you know, everybody talks about, oh, Michigan State's going to be up for that game. I can promise you, I can promise you, 
after what happened in the tunnel up there and the way that they kind of framed it, that Michigan is pretty pissed off as well, Bill, about what happened to their guys in that tunnel. They can't wait to get up there and play that game. So I don't see the offensive firepower for Michigan State. I don't know how they're going to move the ball on the Michigan defense. Maybe they're better defensively, but, you know, we saw last year and, and we've seen Michigan move the ball on better defensive Michigan State teams with worse offenses. So I think Michigan will handle that one. Minnesota is the interesting one. They've got eight or nine guys on preseason all Big Ten teams. That is still a trophy game. You know, they're the little brown jug, and it comes after Nebraska. You can call it a trap game if you want to. To me, Indiana is going to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten this year. Even though they've played Michigan tough under Tom Allen, I don't think that one's going to be a problem. So I think Michigan gets through those unscathed. Yeah, so they're rolling undefeated into Purdue on November 4th. I think they stay undefeated. And here's the last circle game from our conversations for you on November 11th at Penn State. But again, a break in the schedule. It's not going to be a night game. It's not. It's going to be another big noon game. And I will say this, though. When you go there a couple of years ago, uh, or the last time they played there, that was an undermanned, banged-up Penn State team, and they gave Michigan all they could handle. Michigan needed to pull one out late. Uh, that's a good defensive football team. They got a couple of good backs. Going to be a great atmosphere. If there's a game that Michigan's going to lose this year, I think that would be it. Uh, I predicted them to lose one game, and I got half the Michigan fan base ticked off at me about it. But you know what? If they lost one Big Ten game this year, Bill, that would be two Big Ten losses in three years. That is almost unprecedented. And Michigan has never won three outright Big Ten titles in a row. That would be a first if it happened, which we are still predicting. I think one of the biggest games that nobody's talked about in between at Penn State and Ohio State in the regular season annual finale on November 25th at the Big House is that road trip to Maryland. Yeah, with a quarterback and Tanglio Voa. If I hopefully pronounced that right. I, he did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> As he rolls his eyes, I don't blame you. Uh, because I'm not going there. No, you're not. I call him 2-2. Two two. There you go, exactly. But the kid can play and he can throw. We saw them give Michigan a battle in the big house last year. And it's the game before Ohio State. And you're looking at Ohio State. It's going to be a tough one. I, but I think Michigan goes in there. I think they're going to take care of business. I think they have... This is a team with great leadership that I don't think they're going to overlook anybody like that, Bill. I don't think there's any question. All right. Uh, Ohio State uh, finale at the big house. Uh, I say they win it. They're undefeated going into the Big Ten championship game. They'll win two games in the last four team college football playoff and end up as national champs. How do they finish the season? Chris Ballas, and I'm talking about Michigan from your perspective. Yep, I think they beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State will play it a little closer to the vest and maybe not air it out as much. I think Michigan wins the, a tiebreaker, uh, and I think that they will win the Big Ten championship against whoever comes out of the West, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Iowa. And then it really depends on matchups in the playoff. If they play Georgia in the Final Four, for example, you know what, it's going to be a tough matchup. Alabama, same thing, but it kind of depends on who, who they're playing. Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com joining us on our Tullymore Resort, Tullymore Golf Resort, Fall Football Summit, Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Book your tea time or golf getaway today at TullymoreGolf.com. Also, you can follow Chris and the team, John Borton, who will join us coming up, Doug Skeen on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris, and Clayton Safey uh, all season long at thewolverine.com. Chris, I will catch up soon. Can't wait. Thanks, Billy.
Chris Ballas checking in. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as our road show continues from Tullymore in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. You're listening to the Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on a Wednesday broadcast on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions. Big name guest, Superfly Hayes, is our executive producer. And let's go talk to my good friend, Jared Dory, about some of the great deals uh, happening this fall at the Tullymore Golf Resort. We talked last spring, Jared, and just I'm looking at a packed uh, parking lot uh, the last couple of days we've been here. Uh, the way people are talking about the Tullymore uh, Golf Resort, you were just telling me from uh, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Chicago, and more, uh, that you and your team inside the sales department at Tullymore have been really busy. Yeah, things are going great. Uh, everyone's taking advantage of the great weather and of some of the good specials we have as well. Um, we have a few more coming up for the end of the year here. Um, one, we're going to continue our Taco Tuesday special. That gets you one night lodging. On a Tuesday night, you get a taco dinner and a round at each course, and that's two nineteen per person. Or if a Tuesday does not work, we also have a fall weekday special starting Monday, September 25th. It's Monday through Thursday, one round at each golf course and one night's lodging, and that's one seventy nine per person. So if two doesn't work, then try out the fall weekday special yeah so that is uh easiest way to get the number connect uh find out about the resort and also uh book a stay and play package and take advantage of your specials yeah and if you want to talk to us about it just give us a call and we can you know work through anything we need to and one thing i do want to say as well is for fall golf packages the big question most golfers have is you know when do you airify your greens well good news we do ours in the spring so greens are in fantastic shape all the way up until we close yeah so in airifying is when you know you just kind of there's holes in the greens and a lot of golfers that will bother some people but you do it in the spring yep exactly it's it's when you go to a course and there's those holes that are filled with sand on the greens we do ours in the spring so yeah everyone can take advantage of the great shape all the way till we close and speaking of the stay and play packages and uh, looking ahead, you're already booking in the 2024 at tellingmoregolf.com. We are. So if you are interested, you know, have a, a group that you want to get set up on the books for next year, just either fill out a form on our website or just give us a call and we can work through it. Uh, sweet spot deals. Uh, they happen every so often. It's something that Matt Golden and uh, Jarrett, you and your team have put together uh, that really offer up the complete Tellingmore Golf Resort experience but at a great price and there's a sweet spot 
uh, happening in terms of a deal Labor Day weekend? Yes. So we did. We picked out a few weeks throughout throughout the year, and we called them our sweet spot weeks. Um, and there's one remaining. So that's the weekend of Labor Day. Um, and it goes through Monday, September 4th. You get two nights lodging, three rounds of golf, and that's a per-person price of $325. $325. So yep. you, get, you get two nights lodging, three rounds of golf. That would be this upcoming Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. uh, a week from this weekend, correct? Yes. Yep. A- and you get two nights lodging, three rounds of golf. Also, there's going to be dueling pianos and entertainment, I think, on that Sunday night September 3rd, correct? Correct. Yep. And I can tell you there is still availability. So give me a call and yeah, we can get things set up. Yeah. And, and the number and everything you need at tellingmoregolf.com. That's tellingmoregolf.com. So the final sweet spot weekend of the year, Labor Day weekend here at the Tellymore Golf Resort, less than an hour north of GR, about 30 minutes west of Mount Pleasant. If you're listening in Cadillac, Traverse City, uh, you're not far uh, easy uh, to set it up. Go to TellymoreGolf.com. Yeah, three twenty-five, three rounds of golf and two nights launching. Yeah, a lot, good of people, deal. a lot of people don't believe it when we first tell them, but yeah, I mean, we we'll get it set up. And and, and do you pay, is it Friday Saturday night? Is it Saturday Sunday night on the lodging for that sweet spot Labor Day weekend deal? To be honest, it's going to start that Thursday before the actual weekend, all the way through Monday. So if you want to stay Thursday Friday, Friday Saturday, Saturday Sunday, yeah, or even your schedule, right? yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah, three twenty. Two nights lodging, Thursday through Monday, Labor Day weekend, the final sweet spot weekend of the year. Contact Jared and his team. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. Jared, good to see you, my man. Yeah, you as well, both. Thank you. Jared, is it Dora Dore? It's Dory. Say Dory. Say I know Dore. All right. Yeah. Thank you, my man. Thank you, Bill. Big. Bad. Huge. following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number two on a Tellymore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, which is less than an hour north of GR. You can book your tea time or fall stay and play package right now at TellymoreGolf.com. Also, they're looking ahead to 2024 Christmas parties, business events, weddings, unbelievable venue, lodging, food. Uh, beverages and more just go to tellymoregolf.com that's tellymoregolf.com inside this hour john borton senior columnist 
for the Wolverine.com will join us. Also, we're less than an hour away from Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris Ballas at the Wolverine.com. Uh, he'll give us his huge opinions on Michigan football. And Johnny B., good to see you, my man. Hey, it's great to be here, Bill. Great, great to be talking about Michigan football. We've been talking about it all summer with our publication, but uh, everybody's talking about it now because we're right on the cusp. I think you told me uh, before we sat down for the broadcast, 30-plus years following Michigan football, knowing what you know about this team, knowing what you know about this coaching staff, what they've done the last two seasons and what they have right now going into that opener for 2023 against East Carolina. How would you rank this team up against other preseason Michigan teams you were talking about? If I look at this on a talent level, I think this is the most talented team coming in that Michigan has had since 1997. And if you look at 97, you not only think, okay, national championship, they ran the table, they had Charles Woodson, they had the, uh, a Heisman winner, but they also had an incredible depth of professional players on that roster. I think they have the, the same thing here. This is just such a loaded team and uh, I would say a loaded coaching staff. They have guys that uh, Jim Harbaugh has already said, they're going to move eventually. They're going to get other jobs. They He's tabbed Sharon Moore as a guy that uh, is going to be a head coach somewhere. I think they have really the whole package, and that's why they've won as much as they have in the past couple of years. And now you're looking at a seasoned J.J. McCarthy behind center who, uh, you know, I talked to, to Jake Butt of uh, the Big Ten Network over in Indianapolis for the Big Ten meetings. And he says, "How? when was the last time you had a seasoned a Michigan quarterback with this much talent where the fans are saying, our guy's a stud? He is just simply uh, going to be able to be the guy that delivers in a in, at the highest way and maybe be in New York at the end of the season in December. Because yeah, that was going to be my next question. The hype of McCarthy puts him amongst the greatest ever play at Michigan. But when you step away, it is one season. Uh, is he in that Heisman conversation? Will he have enough numbers? That, that's the one thing I look at, J.J., when you – Look at Caleb Williams at USC. Will J.J. have the opportunity rushing and throwing the football to have Heisman-like numbers in 2023? Well, if you listen to the players and you listen to the coaches and you believe what they're saying, yes, they want to run the football. There's no question about that. But they're talking 50-50. We want to bring up the uh, passing game to where it is equal to the running game. I really think they're putting more emphasis on it because they saw what the passing game did for them in bringing them back against Ohio State, uh, what they needed to have in place against TCU, and that's a shootout. And you know, when you start talking about J.J. McCarthy, I think one of the things that he has to do personally, I know he's looked really hard. I mean, he doesn't like to necessarily talk about it, but that TCU uh, two pick sixes, that's what he has to fix. And he's so motivated to uh, handle any type of problem that he has. And that obviously uh, was a big one in that game. So learn from it, move forward. 
but I really think that Michigan is committed to throwing the football more and confident enough to do it because you got a guy that's uh, not in his first year of, of playing a starting quarterback anymore. So I think that's a good combination. I think his numbers are going to be bigger this year. And that would be the confidence Harbaugh has. You know, he was a rookie quarterback, if we can use that NFL phrase, uh, last year. And, you know, it's tough to find a negative connected to this team. And if you think about it, John, through your 30-plus years at the Wolverine.com, the flip Harbaugh has done with this program from just a couple of years ago when people even inside Michigan were hoping he might take an NFL job to that two straight Big Ten championship celebrations, two straight college football playoff, and maybe the number would be closer to the last three years, but uh, something a lot of people didn't believe Harbaugh was going to be able to do. Yeah, and it's interesting that we've talked about this on our own podcast, whether this is the culmination of eight years of work of Jim Harbaugh laying a foundation or it is, okay, we've changed some things dramatically of late. And I think there's a little bit of both that's true in this. Jim Harbaugh came in and did lay a foundation. In his second year, he had Ohio State on the ropes in Columbus. You could see even then, okay, this is going to be different. But the thing about it is, in these last few years, in these last two years in particular, he has put a lot of trust in players, a lot of trust in players like Aiden Hutchinson and guys that have stepped forward. And also, I, I think that um, he has looked for the formula of attitudinal uh, players that would put them over the top. I think that uh, for a while he was dealing with lots of talent, but maybe some me guys in there. I don't think that that's the case anymore, and I don't think the players will stand for it. I don't think that I know that Aiden Hutchinson in that summer of 2021, when I talked to him, he said, I know what everybody's saying. I don't care. I know these guys and I know what we're ready to do. Now you watch and see what we do. And so that it's very different. And they have the leadership because I think it starts with not only the head coach, but you need the assistant coaches who connect to the particular groups. Then you need the on the field, in the locker room, away from football leadership, which you mentioned Hutchinson. You look at Corm right now when he's taking NIL money and giving out turkeys at Thanksgiving. You look at coming back and wanting more than uh, a Final Four appearance in a Big Ten championship, and you got the beat Georgia thing going on during uh, the offseason. I look at leadership. When, when you talk about the last two years in the – attitudes and the foundation yeah Harbaugh came in and changed things but I really think he he struck gold with leaders on the field like you mentioned with Aiden and also he got the right coaches in there I think there was not dysfunctional but a little disjointed uh, in and out with coaches where Harbaugh was looking to find the right formula and they got it now I think they absolutely do. You mentioned Corum, but there are so many leaders. J.J. McCarthy, I talked to Zach Zinter, the uh, big offensive lineman that was last seen throwing Ohio State uh, defensive linemen around like rag dolls. And he said, he said something that really struck me because this game is so difficult. This game is so much work. It's, it's round the clock, round the year, and how these guys have to just stay after it. 
he looked at me and he said, you know what? It's fun to play here now. It is fun to play at Michigan. And, uh, and he really meant it. He's talking about, we came back here, uh, guys like uh, Trevor Keegan and I, because we have unfinished business. And because of the way uh, this cultural makeup is now, and I think that's the difference. I think it's, it's really risen over the last couple of years. And I think that these guys uh, realize it, see it. You talk, talk to the fourth and fifth year guys. They see a big change. Do they have, you know, you call it the uh, similar team to 97 when they won uh, the national championship. Is everything there in place? Are there not flags, but mild concerns you have about this 2023 Michigan football team? Well, your first concern always has to be injuries. How healthy do they stay? Because if you don't have that, even though they have uh, a considerable amount of depth, the right injury in the right spot will put you in a bad spot. It, it takes you from uh, potential championship to long shot. And so there is that. There are some of the uh, concerns. Hey, last year, at the end of the year, you know, they, they didn't have Blake Corum. They need, they need a full season out of these backs and to keep them as healthy as they can possibly be. They were beat up on defense by the time they got to TCU, and it showed. And so I, I think that is a big thing. But also, uh, when you look at some of these defensive components, there are questions. There are guys that are coming on in that defensive backfield to, to make it for a cross and give you some depth. But if you, you're at this point and you don't know if Mike Sainer still is going to play nickel or cornerback because you don't know if you have the other cornerback that is for certain going to give you what you need, then it, it becomes, okay, that tells you that's a spot where you still have to worry about it a little bit. I just think they're, they're so loaded on offense. People will talk about the receivers. I think they have enough guys there. And I also think that uh, they're building in. Some of you, I, I know you were talking about explosive receivers before. Uh, I think they feel like they really have some explosive receivers in this freshman class. Right, so the younger guys, who because there's always new faces, and especially when you look at the first three games with East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, that they have a preseason feel to it, and and that's going to be a testing ground. You know, you're going to take care of business to get the W. But I think you're going to see some faces that Harbaugh and his staff since maybe some of the early enrollees last December, early January have come in who could help Michigan win big games this year. Who do you think's on that list? Oh, boy. I think uh, there are a lot of guys. You talk about a kid like Benjamin Hall at running back that was really, really good in the spring. I think that uh, he could give you the type of, uh, of lift and maybe some of these other backs that could – give you a break and make sure that you keep those top two guys healthy. All of those sorts of things. You bring in a, you know, you bring in the kid from Nebraska that at, at linebacker, Ernest Hausman, that gives you great depth there, that gives you a starter level third linebacker that's going to push those top two guys. I, 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 there are on both sides of the ball, you will see that. And I think that you can develop it more and make it more real as you get into. That's the beauty of a manageable non-conference schedule. 
I've had this argument with people for years that say, well, you're cheating the fans because they're not seeing Notre Dame or Oklahoma in the preseason or in the non-conference season. I say, well, where do you want your biggest games? Do you want them in September or do you want them in December and January? I I think that um, what Michigan fans will see for the second straight year is a lot of development early and a lot of depth building. And some of these top battles, like Jim Harbaugh said, okay, we got two, we got four starting offensive tackles. We're going to see two starting the first game, two starting the second game, and then have it out, just like the quarterbacks did last year. The Michigan method, he somebody else called it, and he loved that. So I, I think uh, he's he talks about meritocracy. Those sorts of games that sort of schedule gives you the leeway to really take it the next step and have it play out before the schedule actually ramps up john borden senior columnist for the wolverine.com joining us here on the huge show across michigan as we're in canadian lakes just an hour north of grand rapids for our annual tullymore golf resort fall football summit don't forget to book your tea time and your fall stay and play package at TellyMoreGolf.com. That's TellyMoreGolf.com. You mentioned earlier the assistant coaches and Harbaugh knows guys who got to go get other jobs. How many head coaches beyond Harbaugh are head coaching material sometime in the future on Harbaugh's current staff? Wow, that's a tough one. I think you could have uh, half a dozen that will at least be interviewed and considered he's uh he's certainly labeled Sharon Moore but uh Mike Hart is a guy that that people have talked about that could be the head coach at Michigan someday and you know you look around the um Jesse Minter is certainly someone that uh could be a head coach and Steve Klinkscale people think very very highly of him and the toughness that he brings to the approach and you can go on and on This is, when I first was uh, taking over at the Wolverine, you had guys like Cam Cameron and Les Miles and uh, uh, those sorts of assistant coaches that then became head coaches elsewhere and uh, high-level assistants. I think that's the sort of depth you have on this coaching staff now. John Borden, senior columnist, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, We're inside the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. Uh, If you're looking for a second home or to live here year-round, you can check out all the real estate options, condos, custom-built homes from Minestrelli Builders, and more. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. John, get ready. We're going to play the win-loss game. Uh, look at Michigan's schedule. Ballas gave us uh, his total, which I think featured two losses. I think a loss to Penn State and also a loss in the college football. Final Four will get your thoughts to those listening. If you want to join in, uh, what's the win total for Michigan? It's our Budweiser Folds of Honor. Huge question of the day. How many victories for Michigan football regular season and through the Big Ten Championship, college football playoff. You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. 
at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's Duck, Duck, Duck. Every Friday in August, win your share of 60 grand in premium play. Drawings each week from 7 to 11 p.m. And lucky guests every hour win up to $3,000 premium play. You won't want to miss $60,000 Duck, Duck, Duck. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friends from Westside Beer Distributing. Now, they're proud to support the Folds of Honor Scholarship Program, benefiting the families of fallen and injured soldiers and our first responders. Folds of Honor provides scholarships for education to ensure our heroes' children can attend college. And Westside Beer Distributing has contributed over $100,000 since the program started and will be donating another $15,000 this summer to the Folds of Honor to help a local hero's child. Anheuser-Busch, which is the Folds of Honor's longest-standing partner, has donated over $21 million to the cause. Budweiser and Bud Light will continue to honor Folds of Honor this summer with special edition 16-ounce aluminum bottles. Look for them at a bar, restaurant, or retailer near you and support this great cause. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, we've all waited all offseason for this time to come. And this weekend, college football is back. And so are the traditions of tailgates and the great offers from the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just 5 on any college football bet. Kick off the season with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code HUGE when you sign up. And like I said, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling disorder helpline at 1-800-270-7117 21 and up in michigan only bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms you're listening to the huge show on the michigan sports network We are back on the huge show across Michigan, the only show willing to tell it like it is. Superfly Hayes 
is our executive producer and Johnny B, John Borton, senior columnist for the Wolverine.com, is joining us on our Telemore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit. So beyond Ohio State, before we get to the scheduled game, uh, wins, losses for Michigan, beyond the Buckeyes, is it just Penn State or is there a sleeper challenger to Michigan either on the east side or in the west in the Big Ten title game? I think the, the biggest challenge for Michigan is itself in any of these games, these road games. I don't think they're going to lose a, a home game, and that includes Ohio State. But I do think that um, you've got a schedule that really ramps up uh, nicely for the Wolverines, but the first big test uh, would be those road games against Nebraska and Minnesota. I think those are, are games where if the circumstances are right, then you could slip up. I think Nebraska is way, way tougher at night than uh, than in the middle of the day, and I think Michigan is going to uh, be all right there. But I, you know, the the biggest challenges, no question, is uh, Penn State late in the season. Uh, depending, again, we talked about the injuries situation that can build up over the course of a season. We'll see what kind of shape Michigan's in in that one. Uh, that is by far the biggest challenge, in the, certainly on the road, and maybe overall, given that the Ohio State game is here. I believe that the Buckeyes have more talent than Penn State, but uh, location, location, location. Yeah, location also of your bigger games. They're at Penn State at the end of the year, Ohio State at the big house. I'm with you. I'm not buying they're going to lose at Nebraska or Minnesota that one of those two teams all of a sudden has become a potential top five team. I'm not going there. But at Penn State, and Penn State's names have been mentioned in most top ten polls, along with Michigan pretty much number two, uh, in the coaches poll preseason and the AP poll, but you can't lose late. That could be crushing. But you could lose at Penn State and turn around and beat Ohio State. Just depends what Penn State does. Because I'm looking at this Big Ten and, and the final year before we get uh, to the expanded, you know, Pac-12 meets the Big Ten. And if Notre Dame comes, I mean, I, I've had. People say it's Stanford, and they're waiting on that partner team. So not just grabbing Cal, but waiting on, is there that partner uh, team? Is it Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame finally going to say, we need to join, but then they're committed to the ACC, and everybody has buyouts. Some conferences were smart uh, when they welcomed in teams. And Notre Dame has that deal to play five ACC games, but... I anything below one loss where you could say at Penn State anything below one loss seems like it it's not the season Michigan is expecting. I would agree with you. I, I have this team uh running the table through another Big Ten championship. And I, you know, I part company with my highly astute compadre uh, Chris Ballas, who talks about Michigan losing a game at Penn State. I look at it this way. Penn State is getting a ton of hype in the Big Ten. It's, it's like one, two, three. Uh, you've got uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, 
And that means in Michigan's mind, what happens? You know that uh, they have had Ohio State schemed out uh, the last two years ad infinitum. And now you're going to have that same sort of effort go into getting ready for Penn State. We talked about, I made the 1997 reference in terms of talent. I think you might see a 1997 effort in terms of preparation and execution at Penn State. Do I think it'll be Judgment Day 2? For those of uh, your listening audience of the maturity to remember how that was billed, uh, that 34-8 to Michigan demolition of Penn State, maybe not, but I think you're going to get the kind of effort that really shows which is the dominant team. I've got a, uh, a buddy out in Penn State that, that is a big-time broadcaster out there and knows his stuff. He's, his roots are Buckeye, and yet he knows uh, Penn State. He, his first question to me is going to be, do they still have those maulers in the trenches because Jim Harbaugh's brought it back to the way it was under Bo, and you have those guys? And I, I'm going to have to tell him, yeah, they do. So gear up. John Borden, senior columnist for the Wolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan, Tellingworth Golf Resort Fall Football Summit. The one thing I've said since the end of last year and spring ball and all the conversation about Michigan, the top 10 expansion, everything, that when you look at Penn State, when you look at the teams in the Big Ten, when you look at Alabama, when you look at Georgia, when you look at quarterbacks, great ones who have left, at least great at the college level, Michigan sitting there with J.J. McCarthy and outside of Lincoln Riley at USC, no one has a stud uh, like J.J. McCarthy. And that's why I've been shocked uh, about this Penn State talk. Just because they have Michigan at home, they're ready to supplant Michigan as the Big Ten champions, but they're bringing in a new QB. They are, and uh, so is Ohio State. But the the thing about that is uh, the new guys are never new guys anymore, at least for Ohio State. That's the last game of the season, the regular season. <clears throat> They'll have had a quarterback that's been through it, including uh, a game against Penn State and road games in the Big Ten. I, I, I tend to... Say, let's see where their quarterback is when he gets there because I've seen too many seasons where Ohio State was written off because, well, they, they have a rookie at quarterback or a rookie at this position or they've been cleaned out here. And then you get to the end of the year and then you get the next guy who is going to be a superstar. So um, I, I tend to discount that a little bit. Uh, I will say that um, with, uh, with Penn State, uh, they love their running backs. They love their defense. They, I think it's more than the quarterback situation there. Uh, I, I really think that they feel like they're in a good position. And I, I think they're going to be a very talented team. You can be the, uh, the third best team in the Big Ten East and be the third best team in the 14-team Big Ten. We've seen that. John Borden, senior columnist, joining us here on the Michigan Sports Network from the Tullymore Golf Resort Fall 
Football Summit. If you have a Michigan question or if you want to answer our Mercantile Bank huge question of the day, what's your win total for Michigan football in 2023? You can do that one 866 838 That's 1-866-838-HUGE. So you say they're going to run the table like I do through the Big Ten title. Uh, I've gone undefeated the entire way. So from your statement of run the table through the Big Ten championship game, what do you think will happen to Michigan football in the Final Four this year? I think Michigan's going to win its first playoff game uh, because they have been through it to the point that yeah, it's all matchups, I guess. And so it's tar- hard to make that as a definitive statement, but I do believe that with what Michigan has gained experience-wise, knowing what it takes, that I they're going to get that game. Um, but they have the Georgia drill, the beat Georgia drill. The question is, can they beat Georgia? And it, uh, it was one of those deals where with TCU, uh, I've talked to guys that have said if Michigan played TCU 10 times, it'd win nine that things, they just made too many big mistakes in that game. A year earlier against Georgia was very, very different. They were handled in that game uh, by a team that was just loaded with first-round draft choices, and uh, that is a very, very talented team. Yes, Ohio State really pushed them to the wall a year ago, but I, I just think it's, it's too much to predict it ahead of time before you've done it. So I, I, maybe it's my, uh, my own personal challenge to Michigan football. Um, I, that's, that's the game I'm going to pick. That uh, If I'm to pick one that they lose, it's going to be that national championship game. It's their job to prove that this is the year that they get over the top. Johnny Borton, Johnny B., as I've called him for years on the huge show, uh, talk of Michigan football. Before I let you go, I mentioned I, I believe Stanford is going to join the Big Ten sooner than later. Who's that partner team? Uh, I, I believe they're fishing for Notre Dame. I don't know if they'll get them with the expanded 12-team playoff. Cal, Stanford seems like the easy travel trip uh, for basketball or football. Uh, well, not football, really, because you go out there once and, and come back, but really for some of the minor sports. And both schools are strong academically. Who do you think are the next two teams in the Big Ten? Well, Stanford makes perfect sense, like you said. And the, I guess, the golden uh, <laughs> the golden dome, it's, it's more like the gold standard of uh, additions that they've tried to make for a long time has been Notre Dame. And now you're going to have uh, a certain percentage of the Michigan fan base say, no, they've told us no before. We don't want them. Don't buy it because Michigan uh, and the Big Ten would want them. Johnny Borden, thank you so much. Wonderful conversation, my man. Thank you, Bill. All right, John Borden joining us on the Tullymore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit from Canadian Lakes, Michigan on the huge show and the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net.
The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds you that it is illegal to manually use a cell phone or other mobile electronic device while operating a vehicle on Michigan roads. Any questions? Can I send or read a text or email message? Negative. Can I access, read, or post to social media? Not at all. Can I enter information into GPS or a navigation system? Nope. Go hands-free. It's the law. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Look for the Pure Michigan Mix Frozen Drink available at participating McDonald's across Michigan. Through September 10th, you could score some great prizes from Pure Michigan Coca-Cola and McDonald's. Look for that Pure Michigan Mix through September 10th at participating McDonald's. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for Matt Golden and his team at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. They just got exciting news. Tullymore once again has been ranked as one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. Number 73 in America. And you can experience Tullymore if you've never played before. You need to get up there. There's a Tullymore golf course, St. Ives, 36 holes, great stay and play accommodations. Or if you just want to book a tee time, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. You can book a tee time for this summer stay and play package throughout the end of the year or even look ahead to 2024. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. And congrats to everybody at Tullymore for being named one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. He hasn't made a putt all day, but if he makes this one, we're all cracking a Labatt. Hold it. Did you say if your buddy makes this putt, we're all cracking a Labatt? How about a Labatt Blue Light? Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy, you can do it! It's a left-to-right break, just outside the cup, a touchdown hill. Appreciate the support. You guys mind if I putt now? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Best putt ever. Because making the big shot is better with a big crowd. Labatt takes everything to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, 2023, Labatt, USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt Regulations, U.S. Trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, Limited. Hey, buddy, where's my Labatt Blue Light? He made the putt for crying out loud. I want my Labatt Blue Light. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Mm. 
show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer at our flagship station, 96.1 The Game in downtown GR. We are at one of the great golf destinations in America. Matter of fact, Tullymore was recognized as a top 100 uh, golf course in America by Golf Digest. Top 15, public or private, in the state of Michigan. Canadian Lakes, beautiful place, hour north of GR, less than an hour north, depending on what side of town you live on. Matt Golden, CEO, GM, here at Tullymore. What was it, number 73? Yeah, number 73 in the country. Top 100. Uh, top 100 public that you can play. Uh, and then number 14 in Michigan. That combines public and private That's courses. Good. So there's some big names on that yeah, list yeah, in yeah, Michigan. I mean, yeah. are, you know, the Oakland Hills and you get, yep. you know, uh, the Arcadias and the, you know, all the other good ones. But it, it says something. Uh, like we were just talking, Matt, uh, before the break or in during it, that, you know, your your people, your culture, and, and that leads to the maintenance team and great greens and a golf course. And, you know, we walk into our cottage last night and how nice it smelled and put together for us four to hang out and wake up this morning. I grab breakfast uh, here at the tap room. Awesome breakfast. We roll over to St. Ives, sister course for Tullymore. Just, uh, yeah, busy, but, you know, guess what? It's summer. It's 75 degrees. Oh, a golf course is, and a golf resort is going to be busy. I'm looking here at all the carts, people coming and going. Uh, things are happening at Tullymore. Absolutely. It's been a great summer, and, and you touched it first. I mean, you know, we couldn't do this without uh, our great staff. Uh, everybody from the people that uh, are in housekeeping, you know, making the beds, cleaning the, the rooms for everybody, the people that check you in, uh, your, our bag staff, our, our pro shop staff, and the servers and cooks. I mean, it's just it's an incredible team we have here. Uh, I'm thankful for them every day, and it takes a lot of wheels turning to make this place work, but uh, we think it delivers a very special experience for our guests and you know you talk about the area we're in we're uh, we're just far enough away from everything to be something special uh but we're close enough that uh, you're really going to enjoy the drive you know john borden senior uh, columnist for the wolverine.com first time up here for one of our tellymore football summits we do them in the spring and summer uh, with doug skin chris ballas and people from the wolverine.com and he talked about being at uh and he's an avid golfer and he said, you know, he played St. Ives for the first time. He says, you know, I feel like I'm away, but not too far away. And I, and I thought that I said I got to call Matt Golden. That could be a perfect marketing slogan. Right? Exactly. Just far enough away. Exactly. Exactly. And I always the say phone that. still works, but they're not going to find you. Yeah, the phone still works. Chris, exactly. Ballas, Chris Ballas gets the breaking news with Harbaugh, and he has a, a a birdie chip and decides to just whack at it while on the phone. It goes a foot, and I'm like, I guess our match is over. Doug Skeen was playing well, and just a, it, it's a feel good thing, Matt. As we sit here, and Skeen's on his 19th cookie. Uh, uh, and I just, you, you know, the, the cookies you put up there uh, for sale, the little uh, boxes of candy, the thing, the different things you guys are doing. And I, I've been a part of this, what is it, eight years, seven years? Yeah, seven Since years. You, now, yeah. yeah, seven years. And I'm just really proud uh, to endorse and bring new people here to tell me more. I tell you, that's been one of the things that we've talked about for years, you and I, and, and frankly, our team here. Um, so many people haven't been to Tully more since maybe the beginning, you know, since the, the early 2000s before the clubhouse was here. When there was before, a trailer. Yeah, there was a trailer across the road. And now it's, it's an elegant, shop. one of the best clubhouses in the state. Right, paired with some incredible lodging for your golf group. I mean, you know, we've got banquet space, corporate meeting space. We've got the lodging to, uh, to make your stay comfortable and great golf to boot. 
Tullymoregolf.com, uh, pretty much what you know, Matt just said. By the way, last time we were here, I think back in June or whenever it was, or maybe it was early July, uh, your Taylor Swift experience this past Friday night. Absolutely. How'd it go? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I bet so it was. It was. We had, uh, and, and you do different things. I know you have the dueling pianos, Labor Day week. Your holiday weekends always have a theme to it. You've done Country for Memorial Day weekend. You did, you know, Onager. Yep. Uh, your annual 4th of July. You're doing the dueling pianos. Uh, people can go to TellingMoreGolf.com or really the Tellymore Facebook page. Uh, tickets to events, info on events. Uh, you got a wine tasting party coming up, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a couple wine dinners coming up. Uh, we'll be announcing a Labor Day uh, two-man scramble um, coming up uh, later this week. Really? So, uh, yep. We'll uh, keep some, you posted. So I will. Some uh, some really good pricing. Uh, if you want to come up on Labor Day weekend and play, grab one friend, and we just pair you with another twosome. And the nice thing is the, uh, we tried it around 4th of July, um, and it's a, uh, a bit of an unstructured uh, tournament. You can tee off anytime you want during the day. We do online scoring, so it uh, makes it easier for everybody to come on up. I noticed, Matt, on your Facebook page, uh, already I, I saw the Christmas uh, you know, graphic, and here you go. A uh, great venue here at Tullymore and St. Ives for booking Christmas parties. Absolutely. Well, Bill, we're here all year round. So, you know, as people are looking for venues for winter retreats, a venue for a Christmas party, um, we can offer lodging, full catering, everything they'll need for meeting space, uh, and great accommodations uh, to boot. Um, our lodging here, I would say it's perfect for golfers. It's also really unique for team building, for companies that want to get away. You can rent a lodge. You've, you've been there, a bedroom the house, big oh, living room to hang out in. Uh, and then as companies, you know, grow, they've expanded out to rent the cottages that are on each side. And so you kind of have your own little cul-de-sac and you can come up here for the meetings or we can do the catering right down there uh, where we come to you. Christmas parties, I know it's, you know, 80 degrees, but uh, still time to think about that uh, for those who plan ahead for those. So yeah, I ran into a couple of people in town here at Canadian Lakes just before I arrived and I think they were a young couple and they were engaged and I said I'll tell you what and the, one of the families has a you know a cottage on one of the lakes here I said Tullymore is a great venue for weddings it really is I'll tell you my little sister got married here and I know a lot of my friends uh, growing up had their weddings here I know three or four of them and long before I was ever involved but uh, um, it's a great venue I mean just picture perfect I mean it's beautiful beautiful backdrop beautiful facilities and, and great food so if anybody a business decision maker business owner they're looking for a venue to host and get some business done maybe golf and have have some fun tellymoregolf.com that is tellymoregolf.com and they'll connect to your team and have the perfect getaway venue absolutely so much happening here at the tellymore golf resort in canadian lakes michigan and again they're less than an hour north of grand rapids big bad huge following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. 
What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Wednesday broadcast on a Tullymore Golf Resort Fall Football Summit Road Show. Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR. You can book your tee time and your fall stay and play package right now at TullymoreGolf.com. Inside this hour, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman Doug Skeen will join me. He's also part of the Michigan football podcast with Wolverine.com's Chris Ballas. We'll look at Michigan. Will it be an undefeated national championship season? What about the rest of the Big Ten? Harbaugh and the NCAA expansion in the Big Ten. Will the Golden Domers finally join the Big Ten Conference? And we'll play the win-loss game on the Michigan football schedule for 2023. We were together last May for the Spring Football Summit here at Tullymore, and it's good to welcome back a great friend of the show, Doug Skeen. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. It's a great place to be, and it's fun to talk football and play golf. All right, what's the vibe from a lot of your friends who are former teammates at Michigan? What are they saying about what the Wolverines have done the last two years and what they're expecting this year? Well, the last two years have been obvious. We've turned the corner and finally met the expectations that the program has had for decades, which is winning the Big Ten, beating Ohio State, and going to the biggest of bowl games to play for big, big trophies. So that Michigan's been there for two years. Now it's time to take the next step and get back to where we were the last two years and not lay an egg in the playoffs, Bill. It's It's got to be a better performance there. And this team has all the parts and pieces that it's going to need to get to where they want to be to get another shot at this thing. They just have to realize that uh, it's it's, and I'm sure they're gonna, they got a taste of it this past year. It's harder to stay at the top than to climb to the top, and they're looking at a three-peat chance for the Big Ten, and they want to get back in that playoff and and do things that they know they're capable of, but they got to get there and execute. It's not going to be as easy as people think, but this team has all the parts and pieces to do it. And winning a championship and getting a three-peat and hoping for a run that takes you through the college football playoff with victories after losses in the semifinals last two year or two years. There's luck involved. You're going to need players to stay healthy. Uh, You're going to need the ball to bounce the right way. So when you look at this Michigan team right now on paper, what do you really like and what needs maybe to improve or wow you over in those first three games? Well, what I really like is the experience uh, on the offensive front, the returning players up there, the two guards especially. Uh, the quarterback situation, obviously, you know, Edwards and Corum in the backfield, those things stand out immediately. A good young tight end uh, in Loveland, and and there's just all kinds of weapons everywhere. And you, you got to have you got to have Donovan Edwards on that football field as much as possible because that kid's a playmaker and he's a threat. And you get him in a mismatch and look out. So those things are obvious. Um, defensively, uh, I think we've got some outstanding players, but overall. The two things that that I wonder defensively about, and we heard a lot of positive things about Jenkins and and Graham on the defensive line. Collectively, can that defensive line get to the quarterback and disrupt the quarterback? Because that's a requirement to be successful at the biggest of levels in college football. 
And so that's exciting, but I always want to see it, right? And and so there's going to be some new players in there. I think Rayshon Benny could be a guy that has a, a breakout season on that defensive line from Michigan. Junior Colson's a stud middle linebacker. So, again, a lot of experience, a lot of playmakers there, but it's got to happen. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be realized on Saturdays. And and so that's – these are all the positive things. The the areas of concern, uh, the edge of the offense, uh, the wide receiver group, uh, you know, who are those guys going to be? And, and, and can Michigan – offensively develop a top 10 passing offense so come mid-year come the end of the year are we statistically in the top 10 and passing offenses if we are that will be new and different from the last two seasons and if you combine that with the running game we've had the last two seasons now maybe those playoff results will be different and if you want big passing numbers in a running game douglas uh you need a stud offensive line and uh, the backbone of Michigan football in back-to-back Big Ten titles. Nothing against the playmakers, uh, the superstar names that everybody talks about, but the Michigan offensive line has been fabulous the last two seasons, and they look like they have more depth than ever before. Sharon Moore has done an outstanding job since taking over the unit. Uh, the expectation is they'll continue to get better. We've got to fill a role there at left tackle. We've got to fill a role at the center position with Oluwatimi now gone in the NFL, an outstanding player in there last year. So a couple concerns, but enough depth and some young guys that have come in, and certainly the transfer portal players with Nugent coming over from Stanford certainly provide some holes that, that have been filled. But again, the offensive line play comes along a little bit slower than everything else. And so, again, positives are – the returning players at guard are outstanding. The backup players, all hottie in there, played outstanding, a high-energy guy. So there's all kinds of talent coming back. Uh, the one thing I would say that Michigan's offensive line consistently needs to be great at, and we struggled at this a little bit at times last year, earlier in the season, and maybe a little bit late in the season too at times, short yardage and goal line. Just lining up and manhandling people at times were a little bit high, and we weren't all that great. And so – if you're going to be a great offensive Michigan offensive line uh, as a group, and, and this team has been, uh, the luxury position is you line up on a short yardage play and everybody in the stadium and watching at home and on both sides lines knows what you're about to do. They know the play that's coming. And yet you execute anyway, Bill, and you knock them back and you get a first down or a touchdown. I would like to see this offensive line take the next step and and not have those negative plays and short yardage and goal line at times. What's the next step for J.J. McCarthy? As a five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman at Michigan, Doug, late 80s, early 90s, uh, what's the championship move J.J. McCarthy has to make at quarterback? Well, I think the one thing that goes unrecorded is is sort of a continuation of his uh, his judgment in protecting the football. There was a few plays last year that we talked about that we we kind of lost our breath of memory because it looked like he was you know maybe extending the play too long, counting on his athleticism to roll out, extend plays, chuck the ball downfield. Those are scary things to watch. But ultimately, he wasn't a turnover machine by any means at all. Of course, in the TCU game, he had two bad ones that were pick sixes. That's no good there. Um, So that has to be eliminated. You can't ever do that as a quarterback. But I think part of J.J.'s next step to take him to the next level is back to what we talked about a minute ago. 
who's going to be the feature wideouts that are going to be able to get separation and get open on demand and with consistency. And if they can do that on the edge, it's naturally going to make him better. The kid can throw the ball wherever. He's got a rocket on his shoulder. He's a great athlete. But I think part of his success is going to be the development and continued improvement of that wide receiver group. So it goes both ways for that group out there. They're going to have to be able to do it. The offensive line is going to give him time. He's going to get his three seconds. So J.J. just needs to continue to refine things and protect that football. Be smart when he's out there with the ball in his hand as a runner and stay healthy. And then when the opportunities do present, he's got to put a smart, catchable ball for his guy only. He cannot have that delay as we saw in the TCU game. you got to put the ball on the spot. And if he's going to elevate his game to be the NFL kind of guy that I know he wants to be, then you just got to keep getting better out there with those the targets and your balls and getting them where they need to be. But he's going to need some help. A lot of people are saying, hey, this could be J.J. McCarthy's final year at Michigan. I don't feel that. I, I, I haven't looked at J.J. McCarthy and said, all right, he's ready to step in to an NFL huddle. I know you've been on all sides of the game of football. What's your takeaway, you're a Michigan man, evaluation of J.J. McCarthy? Well, as far as his performance so goes so far at the University of Michigan, he's directly responsible for an outright Big Ten championship and winning at Columbus for the first time since Drew Henson did it 20-something years ago. So right off the bat, that's outstanding. He's a historical great player in Michigan's football history. But the good news is he's got time to go. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know where he fits as far as the NFL goes, and I think that ties back to the passing offense that's been demonstrated with him running it. There's some flashes of greatness. He can see things, and he puts a nice football out there for his guys to catch. But part of this development for him to become the feature NFL draft, high draft pick he wants to be, is going to be requiring of, of having guys help him do so. So he's he's got tight end weapons. He's had those. But again, he, he's got to have some wide receivers that can get open when there isn't a busted coverage, when there isn't a bad play by the safety at Ohio State. Somebody can get open when there's a good defender sitting across from them. And when that happens, J.J. starts settling in and consistently week in, week out, this offense starts performing and can get to that top 10 passing efficiency, a real dynamic passing offense. Now you're looking at an NFL prospect that scouts are going to start drooling over. Doug Skeen is a five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s. For the University of Michigan, also part of the Michigan football podcast you can hear with Chris Ballas at thewolverine.com. So I kind of look at J.J., and you have the ultimate play-action backs and Corman Edwards, which can set up a passing game. And I talked to John Borton earlier and Ballas. I like Roman Wilson, but beyond Roman Wilson, tell me a go-to guy. I know Johnson had the big catches last year. In Columbus, a guy that can catch the 10-yard slant and he it's a 30-yard pickup. Do they have those game changers at wide receiver? And how does that mix in when you have the play-action ability with two great backs in Corman Edwards? Well, you're going to have to get the football into the hands of Corman Edwards. And Edwards out of the backfield catching the football. At times, he, he could be a wide receiver. Change his number, put him on the edge. The, kids can, the kid can play out there, too, because he's big, he's strong, he can run. 
But Bill, outside the two names you mentioned, uh, Roman and Johnson on the edge, there's, there's who else? No one knows yet. We haven't seen it yet. It doesn't mean those guys aren't on the team. And somewhere this spring and somewhere this fall, there's there's a couple young men on that roster that need to become that guy to complement the other two players that have been making plays and give some options for a defense to think about beyond Corum and Edwards. It's, you know, this is the third time I've mentioned it now. It has to happen for this offense to develop into the total package and the total balance that it's going to have to be for Michigan to win all these games that they're expected to win. Doug, uh, when you say expect and expectations, sitting here as a former Michigan player, are you thinking this is national championship or bust? I know the line is always beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, the rest is gravy. I think it's different with this team based on how the last two years have finished. Well, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten has been done now. For the, It's been a long time, but it's been done back-to-back in the new format or the newer format of the Big Ten title. So it's time for Michigan to take the next step. And, and as we started this conversation, the parts and pieces are there, Bill. I think this team itself expects to run this table win the Big Ten and get back to where they were into that first playoff round again and hopefully perform better and and try to go get a shot at that big title. Um, I think it absolutely is a national championship appearance or it's going to be a disappointing season. Man, think think about where things were when we started these Tullymore Golf Resort uh, spring and fall football summits. You were at a loss for words for the offensive line, Harbaugh. Everybody's wondering, this is a make-or-break year, uh, and what's been delivered? And it's everything that the Michigan fan wanted on why Jim Hackett went out and got Harbaugh. And I agree with you when you hear about the beat Georgia drill at practice. To have high expectations is fine now. You're not looking past Ohio State. You're not looking past anybody on the schedule in the Big Ten. But you have the embarrassment of the Georgia game, and you have a game that was yours for the taking. And you see Ohio State a field goal away, I think, from winning a national championship. Beating Georgia wasn't getting you a ring, but I think they would have went in and waxed TCU like Michigan did in the second half of that loss. You know, this season reminds me, Bill, and and hearing some of these young players talk about their expectations for this season, a little bit reminds me of us 30 years ago, right? When we started the football season uh, as juniors and seniors, we had won the Big Ten back to back to back at that point. Going into that football season, we talked about who we thought we were going to play in the Rose Bowl. Because at that time, the Big Ten champion went to the Rose Bowl. And, you know, if you were undefeated, you had a chance to be voted, you know, number one in the nation. We were making plans for what we were going to do at the Rose Bowl that coming, you know, January, late December, January. We were looking forward to the trip. We were assuming that we were going to win the Big Ten. We just expected it. And I hear and see some of the same things coming out of this team now. They expect to be back to where they were. It's almost like a matter of fact, but yet they appear to be putting all the work in to make it happen. It just doesn't happen. You have to show up and execute against some of the, quote, lesser teams on your, on your opponent list, your, 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 
your schedule. And then, of course, the big names are obvious. you got to show up and play. And, and it'll be challenging for them to do it week in, week out to keep that kind of intensity and that burning desire. But it feels like the leaders on this team are talking that way. And it's not a bad thing. Some people say, oh, it's cocky. They're just going to assume they're going to walk out there and win. I don't think that's the case. I think these are real expectations from a team that looks in the mirror and says, you know what? We are good enough. We're better than what we showed the last two years in these playoffs. Let's go do this. And I've heard, you know, the comments from McCarthy, Corman, Edwards for the most part. I've never sensed they were cocky or arrogant. Because usually if you're cocky or arrogant, you're rubbing it in or you're talking about things that you can't achieve. And I just think that that TCU loss, a hungry team, any level, how'd that previous season finish? Did that loss not take over your life, but were you thinking about it every day? Like I said, Doug, you played from your high school days in Texas uh, to Michigan, five-time Big Ten champion around great leaders. You're a leader yourself to stints in the NFL. Uh, when your season ends with a game you think you should have won that could have changed the course of destiny, how much does that fuel a team that following season? It, it, it lasts into the following season if you have eligibility to play, to play for sure. And if you don't, it burns you the rest of your life because you know you're better than what you did on that day. And it just drives you up the wall. And so, again, these players are talking about this missed opportunity of a year ago, and they know that they would have done better if they could go back and do it all over again. But you can't. That's part of the deal, right? You get one shot on Saturday to perform. And this team, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, that they know that they're better than what they did. And that's why you saw guys come back that had chances to go to the NFL. They just felt so bothered the way things went. They felt motivated to get this thing going again and get back to prove who they think they are. And I think they can do that, and they should do that if these other parts and pieces we talked about and these other questions that we've asked each other here since we're talking – if these answers can come along the way they should, then there's no doubt in my mind they'll have that chance. How did Harbaugh turn this all around? If we roll it back to it would be two years ago, uh, we're here at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. I think this is the fourth year of doing the spring and fall football summits. And trust me, between the Lions and Patricia – and Stafford and Goff and wondering if Harbaugh was coming or going. We've had some interesting times on and off of the beautiful golf courses here at Tullymore. Was it the right leader stepping up? Guys like Aiden Hutchinson, like Johnny Borden said earlier, J.J. McCarthy comes and takes a job away from Cade. Corum has been amazing as a leader on and off the field. Same thing. With Edwards, was it Harbaugh changing what he did? From what you know uh, inside Michigan football to where we are today, uh, how did that light finally come on? Well, I don't think there's any one answer. <clears throat> I don't think there's any one answer to that question, Bill, but there's a few things to me that stand out. Going back to the two years ago when we beat Ohio State at home and that Aiden Hutchinson-led team and, and Cade McNamara and that group, for, for the first time in many years, 
the guys that got their their faces rubbed in it in the previous years by Ohio State, they they would always say after, oh, we're going to get to work and we're going to work on this. This isn't going to happen again next year. We're going to be different. Well, for whatever happened that winter, they were different and they prepared differently and they executed differently and they gained momentum. And, and so whatever happened in the evenings, sitting around the, the pizza box, talking amongst friends and teammates, something changed. And it's hard to describe what that could have been. But on, on Saturdays, when you watched that team, what I noticed as a former player is a team that cared for each other. They looked out for each other and they were having fun playing football together. So when a guy made a play, you saw four or five teammates immediately around him celebrating with him for the great play that he just made. And that was offense, defense, special teams, the sideline, the coaching staff. So some chemistry changed in the building where suddenly these guys look like they're a tight brotherhood. Where I'm not so sure that was the case in some of the struggling, disappointing years of Harbaugh teams. And so that is it's it's obvious, but it's difficult to describe how he did it. As far as recruiting goes and the way the football players have been put on the field at Michigan, I think maybe there was a little shift in the recruiting focus in that Michigan's always going to recruit top-end athletes, top-end football players, but maybe, just maybe, somewhere in the scouting department and the recruiting strategy sessions, Coach Harbaugh and his staff said, hey, let's find the toughest football players we can find, guys that love the game of football that happen to be tall and athletic and can run like a deer and are strong and do all the wonderful things you can measure at an NFL combine. But I think the best of football teams are filled with football players that are great athletes instead of athletes who happen to play football. And there's a big difference. And I think Michigan now has a better mix of the football players who happen to be great athletes because when you get a group of those guys together and they're hungry and they love each other and they have fun, look out. Now you can do a lot of big things. Doug Skeen did a lot of big things. Five Big Ten championship rings. Late 80s, early 90s at the University of Michigan. Also, he's a co-host with Chris Ballas at the Wolverine.com on the Michigan Football Podcast. He's joining us here on the huge show across Michigan from the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Book your tee time for the fall, stay and play package, and even into 2024 at TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. So when you look at this transformation, when you look at Michigan now, preseason number two, AP, coaches poll, uh, anything less than a national championship game, is a disappointment. It's about as close to SEC football as Michigan has ever been, right? I think, well, as far as expectation goes and a national recognition for where Michigan football is, yes, right? This is this is the kind of preseason talk that people are probably just absolutely, as fans, are absolutely used to down in Alabama. LSU fans think this every year. Ohio State fans think this every year. And it's been a while since Michigan fans and former players and people that uh, watch this team very closely and follow them all year long. It's been a while since we've had this kind of expectation. It's fun. It's exciting. There's a lot of anticipation. And having been there and done that many years ago, we were on some highly ranked preseason teams, and there's a lot of excitement in that locker room, Bill. There's a lot of guys that want to get out there and get this thing going and have fun doing it. 
And so it is great. Now, now comes the hard part uh, in the fall of keeping the focus for the guys in the locker room, not being distracted by everybody telling you how great you are and staying off your social media and have everybody wonderfully tell you, oh, you're a number one draft pick and you guys are going to be all this, all that. You know, Bo used to say, uh, you know, the old the old sayings, and I think he maybe got it from Coach Woody Hayes at Ohio State. I know Coach Moeller talked about it all the time. You know, the the if someone came up and said something nice to you, you ought to smack them right in the mouth because they're trying to make you soft, right? So it's now it's now it's Coach Harbaugh and his staff having to keep these guys humble, motivated, uh, and, and yet eager and ready to go uh, without letting them get too inflated about all the wonderful things people are saying about them. Doug Skeen, uh, Ballas, I'm looking at the list of wonderful things Chris Ballas has said about Doug Skeen. I'm still looking at the list. It's a blank sheet of paper. Uh, Skeen and Ballas do a great job on the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. Doug, next segment, I'll get your thoughts about Big Ten expansion. Uh, who's up next after Oregon and Washington join UCLA and USC, and also just how deep and tough uh, the Big Ten will be and how that affects Michigan football. And uh, we'll play the win-loss game on the Michigan schedule, but you've already said undefeated. I've said undefeated, so maybe we'll just focus on Big Ten expansion and how tough uh, the conference is going to be. If you want to answer our Budweiser Folds of Honor, huge question of the day, how many wins for Michigan this fall. Skeen says undefeated. I say undefeated. You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank is a bank based in Michigan. A lot of banks can't claim that. They also have locations all across the state. So answer that question, how many wins for Michigan football this year, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE on the Mercantile Bank listener line. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Friday, October 27th, TVs and Practical Jokers are up to their usual tricks. If you're not here, you are missing out. It's the Tenderloins at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Sal, James, and Brian for two shows and twice the last. 7 and 10 p.m. Tickets start at $59. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Don't miss the Drive, 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 Drive Tour with the Tenderloins, October 27th. Party hard, laugh louder. Details at SoaringEagleCasino.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on The Huge Show across Michigan. Inside the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, just north of GR, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. You can book a venue for wedding receptions, business get-togethers, and more. Uh, Go to TullymoreGolf.com if you're looking for a weekend home or live here year-round. They have great real estate options 
Just go to TellyMoreGolf.com. Whether it's a condo, custom-built home by Ministrelli Builders and more, find out about the real estate available less than an hour north of Grand Rapids at TellyMoreGolf.com. Doug Skeen is joining us on our Fall Football Summit. Five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, The Big Ten, when you were in school, had 10 teams. Yes, indeed it did, and it looks nothing like it does now, and it's not looks nothing like it's going to in a couple of years. And so, uh, you know, when when you say you know late eighties, early nineties, boy, that feels like it's so so long ago because it was. But boy, what a what a difference in 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 college football and college athletics. So much has changed with nil money and the transfer portal, and and now the the realignment and the shakeup of of the leagues that we knew them for so many decades and television money drives all of it, right? That's, that's where this is all going. And, and I don't blame these schools for aligning themselves with the biggest possible budgets they can so they can expand and keep up across the country. And the big 10 is no exception. And it's not over with bill. It's more is going to happen. Yeah. I think Stanford seems to be a lock from the outside looking in. And I know we talked about this during the break, Doug, you know, Notre Dame has loved being the standalone independent with their own TV deal. And when you look at the exposure now the Big Ten is getting, when you look at adding teams from Los Angeles, two teams, USC, UCLA, uh, Seattle market with Washington, Oregon with their uh, national name, the growth of the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas, and probably I think Florida State and Clemson one day, that could be the fall of the ACC. So if you're ND and you're sitting there and you're going, is this a time? There's a couple of things that people don't talk about. One, you're ND, you're going to make a heck of a lot more money every year being a part of the Big Ten multi-TV deals than you are on your own. Yes, the college football playoff is going to 12 teams a year from now. But what... What what's your goal if you're Notre Dame? If you're going to stand alone, and you want a quality schedule, strength, including uh, the you know night games, day games, wherever you, you want to take Notre Dame's traveling road show. When there's a 12 team playoff in the if it's five conference champions or it goes down to four with the fall of the Pac-12, so there's eight open spots. You Notre Dame, if you're not playing a quality schedule, I don't care if you're 12-0, and 0, okay? You're not going to get a conference championship game to help your cause, or it can hurt some teams. You may lose big rivalry games because USC is saying, hey, man, we're already playing Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State, and we're not going to continue this Notre Dame game. And your ND saying, yeah, we could go 12-0. and 0. This isn't the BCS. It isn't just four teams right now. You're talking about, and I I listened to the college football playoff committee last year. Well, Michigan would have played more quality teams in September. They would have had a higher ranking within the committee. So strength of schedule. Yeah. I love Air Force. I love Army. I love Navy. Navy. I, I love what the military academies do for America. 
but those wins aren't going to help you, and they're not guaranteed wins against any of the schools. So if you're Notre Dame, now is the time. There may not be another invitation. And Notre Dame in the Big 12 doesn't seem big. Notre Dame joining the ACC full-time like they do for other sports with football doesn't seem big. There's two moves for ND, the SEC or the Big Ten. And they don't seem like the right fit for the SEC. I think now is the time for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. We've talked about this multiple times, Bill, over the years here at Tullymore in the spring and the fall about what the future of the Big Ten could look like. And the Notre Dame question continues to go up, uh, come up, and here we are again. And, and I know I've said this multiple times, and it, Notre Dame will join the Big Ten when they have to be pulled, scratched, towed, you know, dragged into this league when they, when they absolutely have to. And to your point, that time may be coming because what used to be a standalone deal with a television network that, that landed them a, a healthy you know, athletic budget every year, guaranteed, is no longer uh, the biggest cat on, you know, on the block when you look at the, the television package that the Big Ten has. So the finances may be right. The competitive balance of keeping Notre Dame football relevant in the national conversation is going to be right. And I think competitively, as a fan, you know, I've always thought, you know, yeah, I want to see, I want to see Notre Dame play this schedule of the Big Ten every year. Uh, I want to see them play at Madison. I want to see them play at Ohio State, and and come in and join the rest of these teams. Go up to Penn State on a, on a Saturday night, you know, and do that with regularity. And so I think it's exciting on one hand. And yet, in these conversations, you and I have also said, screw Notre Dame. I, I, I don't care what they do. And they could fall away, and I'd be all right with that because I can't stand Notre Dame as a, as a program, because mostly because I didn't have the greatest of records on my teams against them. But that's a personal thing. But I, I do think that it finally makes sense for Notre Dame to figure this out. And, of course, they naturally fit in the Big Ten. It would be stupid for them to join the SEC and go down there they're in, they're in our backyard. They're right there in northern Indiana. Let's go. Let's finally get this done. Join in the Big Ten. We're going to bring in Stanford. They can keep that thing going. Notre Dame-Stanford, Notre Dame-USC, and just part of the Big Ten package, and everybody's happy. Because Notre Dame, you know, the SEC currently is going to stick with their eight games in conference, which is ridiculous because they want the four patsies. But I'm telling you, while the Big Ten is sitting here loading up, that their strength of schedule will help those teams to have the ability to lose three games, I think, and still make the at-large bid in the expanded college football playoff next year. So if you're Notre Dame, SEC schools aren't going to schedule you because they got eight conference games. They're going to schedule Louisiana Monroe, uh, Southeast Carolina State. So who are you going to play? Who are you? Got your your five ACC games, but if Clemson and Florida State are going to run for it next year, whatever their buyouts contracts say, who's going to be left for you to play? So when there when there is the selection committee looking now at whether it's seven or eight at large teams, and they line up strength of schedule, who you played on the road, who you played at home, and here's another thing about Notre Dame. 
when they had their own TV deal, it was cool. It was bigger and better than any other school. That's not the case right now. The Big Ten between Peacock, NBC, CBS, Paramount, you go down the list, Fox, Big Noon Game, Big Ten Network, let's throw that in there. You know, the one thing Notre Dame never did, that I'm, I'm telling you from a media perspective, Doug, why didn't they ever do the Notre Dame Network? Well, Bill, wasn't, that, wasn't it tried? The Longhorns tried that. They still have it. I thought, well, what did it do for the league down there? The Aggies turned around and said, if you've got your own television network, we're out of here. And so I, I don't, you know, hey, I'm glad they didn't ever do the Notre Dame television thing. But to your point... Who would they possibly play if they stuck in and where they're at? Virginia Tech? Uh, you're going to go play Boston College? You're going to play Pitt? I mean, these are teams that are, I would say, they're good football programs, but it's not the it's not the it's not the panache of having you know the big the big name rivalries. And so you get to the end of the season and you're eleven and one or twelve and zero, and you've played a bunch of middle of the road college football teams, and you've won. Then Notre Dame's going to tell the the television networks, "Hey, you know what happens when you put us on your television screen? There's going to be an enormous, you know, watch for our for Notre Dame football because there's a obviously a big following for Notre Dame football, and there's a big following on the other side of people that love to see Notre Dame lose, like me. And so you turn in and you hope for whichever side you're on." And that, that's the draw, but I don't know that it's going to be enough when you're going to have the SEC loading up with talented football teams. They're going to have a whole stack of teams that are ready to go in that playoff. The Big Ten's going to have a stack, too. So you'll have your four, maybe five power five, or your, your sorry, your power four or five ch- champions that are going to be in. And you talk about seven, eight at-large teams. You'll be able to fill that roster pretty fast with the Big Ten and the SEC and then whoever comes out of the Big 12, as long as that league hangs around, there may not be any room for an undefeated or a one-loss Notre Dame team, and the big networks may not care because the money's going to be there anyway. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, my man. Thank you for the conversation. You can listen to Doug and Chris Ballas on the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast all season long. Thanks for coming up to Tellymore. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, and go blue. All right. Uh, Surprisingly, he said go blue after five Big Ten rings. Now, if you want to book a getaway tea time, stay and play package this fall at Tullymore, go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. time for another True and Blue segment on the Huge Show across Michigan, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Every Wednesday, we feature the men and women in law enforcement across this state and some of their incredible stories of courage and also their will to serve and protect on a daily basis. And today, Todd Mutchler from the Northville area township manager director of public safety he's standing by in true and blue and todd welcome to the show hi bill thank you very much for having me 
All right, let's talk about how long you've been committed to serving and protecting in law enforcement. I think it's nearly 40 years. Yep. Um, well, it went by in a blink, but yes, about 36 years. 36 years in law enforcement. What would you say is uh, the driving force behind what got you into law enforcement and what has kept you going, like I said, for nearly four decades? Well, I think like most people that join this profession, I, I had an intense desire to, to want to help people. Um, I think it was really in my DNA. I have a, a strong sense of justice and fairness. And I think, you know, really what I've learned as I've grown up, so to speak, is that um, law enforcement was really a great vehicle for me to be able to serve others and, and help others. And I also feel like I'm at my best when I'm, when I'm in service to other people. So, um, you know, law enforcement definitely gives you many of opportunities to make a tremendously positive difference in people's lives. You know, and, and making that difference uh, in the Northfield area, as I mentioned, your township manager and also manager director of public safety. Uh, what, what's the connection and the vibe from the people in Northfield uh, to your men and women inside uh, your public safety department? Northfield Township is an amazing community for our public service people, officials, staff members, the, the residents here. Uh, greatly appreciate the service that's, pr that's provided to them. Um, and, and we know that's true because they routinely support, um, you know, millages to um, support law enforcement services in the community. Uh, your connection to the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, uh, they partnered with us. We've been doing this True and Blue segment uh, every week since February after their annual convention in downtown Grand Rapids. For a lot of people out there, in law enforcement, out of law enforcement, let's talk about the incredible work of the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. So, um, you know, I think this is a, a group that for all the, the men and women in blue and brown and, and any uniform that they wear in law enforcement in the state of Michigan, that they probably don't fully understand or realize the degree of work that's being done by uh, Director Stevenson and, and other folks. I served on the legislative committee um, for about five years, two of which were as chair. And, you know, especially at a time like right now when, when there's a lot of push for wholesale change and policing practices to have a calming and steadying and reasoned voice um, helping to keep legislation um, reasonable and, and, you know, to help educate our elected officials as to the impact, you know, some of the things that are being proposed may have to communities. So that's just a snippet of what the MACP and, and Bob Stevenson are, are doing for the folks and, you know, who wear a badge.
Hey, man, and I want to give a shout-out to every man and woman who has been in law enforcement, if they're retired or currently active in law enforcement across the state, and whether it's for Northville Township and with Mr. Mutchler and his team or anywhere across Michigan, I think over 4,000 openings when we began this journey in law enforcement. You can just uh, stop by Northville Township. You can look up websites uh, for your local police departments, county sheriffs, Michigan.gov for the state police if you feel the calling uh, to serve and protect in law enforcement. Todd, appreciate your time here in this True and Blue segment. Thank you, sir. And and thank you to all the, the, the men and women who are serving and protecting our communities. Appreciate it. Have a great evening. Yeah, we appreciate you, Todd Mutchler, Northfield Township Manager, Director of Public Safety, joining us on another True and Blue segment on The Huge Show, presented every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.